how are you doing right now? I mean, if you got beyond the, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you doing? I mean, how are you really doing? Do you feel like you've got direction? Do you feel like you've got life? Do you feel like you've got motivation? Or do you feel like you've got the case of the, Bleh, I'm just okay. How do you wake up? How do you go to bed? Do you say, wow, that was a great day? Or open your eyes and say, oh, I can't believe it. I've got another opportunity to what? Or maybe you just feel like you're marking time. Well, time is precious. Time is moving forward. And I want to suggest that life is more than just about marking time. But maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you've been feeling down. Maybe you're struggling to figure out how do you find that motivation. These are unprecedented times. It's been difficult to enjoy even the simple pleasures in life because we've been separated from one another. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your relationships over politics, but it's all been kind of soul crushing right now. But the truth is, even though if you feel like that spirit of yours is down, has been doused with water and you don't know how to get back up, how to get dried off and engage in life again, there are ways. And that's what I want to talk about are ways to get psyched again, to find that excitement again about life. Now, maybe you don't need a new job but you feel like your job isn't giving you anything. Maybe you feel like you're just going through the motions and your relationships. Maybe the stuff that you used to enjoy just doesn't give you anything anymore. How do you get back? How do you re-engage in life so that you feel that sense of spark, that sense of enthusiasm, the motivation, the purpose, the meaning? And I want to suggest that what I'm talking about is also a biblical principle. This isn't just pop psychology. Oh, you can feel great. You can feel wonderful. I think this is really our faith. Paul speaks about this in Romans 8, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. But he talks about this life that God has given you, this resurrection life. He said, and this life that you have been given from God, it's not just a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, right? There's a certain enthusiasm like, okay, what's next, God? God's spirit touching your spirit, confirming who you really are, you knowing who he really is, father and child, and you're going to get what's coming to you, an unbelievable inheritance. Paul talks about this with such rich enthusiasm. He said, yes, if you go through exactly what Christ goes through, that means the hard times, you will certainly go through the good times with him. And that doesn't mean you have to wait until you're dead and buried and raised up to go, oh, wow, I can really enjoy life. This resurrection life begins right now. So what is it that's keeping you from feeling that enthusiasm for life? Let's talk about that. And I want to give you some practical ways to actually search out that life so that you can find that meaning, that purpose again, that motivation And a lot of times you might just be living with that feeling of going, yeah, whatever. Oh, I guess it was out there one day. I guess I was happy at some point, but I don't know where that went. How do you find that? It's not easy to find the root causes because sometimes you can fall into that deep malaise and just think, wow, is this depression? Is this something else? Yes, you have gone through some big changes. There have been some real specific stressors in life, again, 
but you might be doing things that's contributing to your own demise without even knowing it. Well, I'm just bored right now. And you could stop. You could get outside. You could take a a walk in the fresh air. You could reach out to that person, express your love to them, or you could do some more doom scrolling. (laughs) Well, let's see what they're saying on Twitter. Well, what's my social media thing looks like? Oh, this person hates this person. Well, I hate them back. Now, again, it's easy to get stuck in that. But you've got to think, these things that you're doing, are they bringing you down? Or do you feel your life to be exhorted and encouraged? You might not have to make a massive change, but you might have to look at where you're giving your attention and your energy. And that's why Paul in Philippians 4, I quote this all the time. As a therapist, I talk about this. I say, well, what are you looking at? What do you mean, Joe? I'm looking at you. No, I mean the bigger scene in your life. Where do you spend your time? How much time on social media? How much time do you focus on giving to others, on loving others, on improving your own life? And Paul says in Philippians 4, he said, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true and noble and reputable and authentic and compelling and gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Now I ask you when you get on social media or when you watch your favorite news program, do you feel like cursing or do you feel better at the end of that half an hour or hour that you've spent scrolling social media or looking at news? Because you might have to look at where you're putting your focus and say, wait a second, this isn't working out so well. Maybe I've got to make a change. And again, this isn't just about feeling super excited because let's face it, a lot of times during the day, you're just going to have to deal with the mundane, filling up the car with gas. And yes, of course, that could be distressing, especially right now. But a lot of life is right there for you to actually take in and to do so and live it out with gratitude and thanksgiving or to say, ah, yeah, whatever, it's just a normal day again. But I would challenge you. When you're looking at your day and saying, yeah, yeah, it was okay. Is there one thing that you can do each day? Maybe is there one thing that you experience today that you can give thanks? A lot of life, it's not about trying to engage in the grand gestures, those wild life-turning events. It's like, I'm going to turn my life around. Sometimes you actually got to turn it around by taking those small little things that you do and infuse them with meaning or gratitude or thanksgiving. It really is most of the time the small changes that you make that make the huge difference. And again, this is consistent with your Christian faith. Jesus said when he was talking to his disciples, and he said, you know, if you actually accept someone's help, That's as good as giving someone help. In other words, he's talking about how important it is to be in relationship, whether you're the giver or the receiver. But he said, this is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed. Start small. Start small in your own life, in your faith life, in your emotional development life. Start small. Jesus goes on and he says, give a cup of cool water to somebody who's thirsty. He said the smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You, you won't lose out on a thing. So again, 
ask yourself, if you're feeling, what is one small thing that you can do today? You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Today, just to improve that sense of joy or gratitude. Maybe instead of listening to an hour of depressing news or another hour of politics, you could listen to that inspiring podcast. Well, like what you're doing right now. (laughs) And maybe you share this podcast with somebody else. Hey, I found this podcast. This Joe Secor guy, he's encouraging and inspiring and he integrates faith and psychology. And he's actually suggesting that your life can be better. All you've got to do is be willing to take some of these small steps. What is another small step that you can do right now? You don't have to spend a lot of money on a therapist. You don't have to buy a new animal, get a new marriage. All you have to do is maybe get outside of yourself and get outside. Literally, the power of nature is real. Even if you're living in a city, most cities have little parks. Get outside. Breathe in fresh air. See something that's bigger than your own life, bigger than your own problems. By looking at the sunset or the sunrise or the stars at night or a tree swaying in the breeze, you get this sense of life is big. And the creator of life, God himself, cares about you, cares about your life. Maybe just take your shoes off and take a walk around on the grass or your feet in the sand, or the cool water at the beach. But get outside, because it really does reset you. There have been a lot of studies that show that just even looking at pictures of nature does the soul good. But the other thing that you do, and from a religious standpoint, and Paul speaks about this in Romans chapter 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just a part of it. But he said, People try to put a shroud over truth. He said, but the basic reality is plain enough. Open up your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long, thoughtful look at what God has created, nature, the universe, you can see eternal power. You can experience the mystery of his divine being. People knew God perfectly well, but then they didn't treat him like God, Paul says, refusing to worship. And they trivialize themselves into silliness and confusion, so there's neither sense nor direction left in their lives. And again, one of the simple ways that you can actually regain this sense of mystery and awe is to get out and look at what God has created. It's very difficult for me, a good friend of mine, who is a brilliant Bible teacher, Dr. Bill Creasy, and he sent me this blog post that he just wrote. And it showed about these pictures from the Hubble telescope of the, of the universe and how magnificent it was. And it brought me back to this Paul's writing in Romans 1. It's like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. And your faith says this incredible God who made this magnificent universe cares about you. Get outside. Even get outside your home. Sometimes you can get so stuck within those four walls, you don't even realize that there's more to life. So just go somewhere different. If you don't live next to a national park or mountains or beach or anything else, just get outside. Sometimes just a new headspace, a new physical location can actually 
shake up things and say, oh, wait a second, there's more to life. Look at this. Treat yourself to a novel experience. Now, another thing that you can do when we talk about novel experiences is just that. What is that hobby that maybe you used to enjoy that you haven't done in a long time? You know, maybe you've been uninspired. And so you go, "Ah, yeah, I'm just not inspired to go play the piano or write music or do some knitting or whatever it is. And you get stuck in that vicious cycle. You get more bored, more depressed. Sometimes you've got to push yourself. Do things even when you don't want to do them. Trust me, there are times that I say, yeah, I really don't want to do this writing project or I really don't want to go for a run or I really don't want to do it anyway. I have the conversation with myself. Because when you do something new, you're reminded again of creation. You're reminded of creativity. You're reminded that life can be more than just what it is right now. And this is how you are meant to live, is to do new things with your life. Evidence, I want to suggest, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is walking along the beach. My favorite place. (laughs) And he saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. And what were they doing? You guessed it, they were fishing. And Jesus said, come to me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. And they dropped their nets and they just followed. There is a certain excitement that goes along with doing something new. And it doesn't mean that you have to become an evangelist or a preacher. It doesn't mean that you need a new job. But what is that one little new thing that you could do? Maybe it's going to a different restaurant. Maybe it's going to a different park. Whatever it is, find something new. Say, okay, Lord, I'm open to the new. What are you calling me to do? Now, don't be surprised if you feel inspired or encouraged or challenged to actually do something completely different. But you can do it. Your brain was actually made to enjoy new. It can be very exciting. Now, sometimes if you're thinking, well, I can't really do too much new right now, I would say, well, okay, look in the past. Can you think about that person or that activity where you said, yeah, that actually was fun? Sometimes when I'm working with couples and they're saying, oh, all we're doing is fighting, 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 fighting. And then I'll ask a really challenging question. (laughs) You wouldn't think it would be that challenging, but sometimes it is. And I'd ask, okay, when life was going well for you, when you were actually laughing together, when you felt connected, when you wanted to hold hands, when you wanted to be in the same room, when you wanted to share your life, your bed, everything about life, it's like when you felt enthusiastic and excited, what were you doing? You can be the expert in your own life. You know right now that maybe you're living a sort of uh, existence. But when you felt enthusiastic, when you felt good, what were you doing? It might take a little bit of work because maybe that's a challenge for you. Maybe you said, I don't know, I was never happy. Yeah, you were at one point. Again, connect with those activities, connect with those people that you say, yeah, when I was doing that, I actually felt good. When I was volunteering at the soup kitchen, when I was volunteering, teaching at youth ministry at my church, I felt good. 
a lot of times our depression, our boredom, is because we lack that connection. That's why I think it's so important to, yes, have your personal life, your faith life, but you've got to also live it out in community. Go to church. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, he's talking about faith and our Christian faith. And he said, well, if corpses can't be raised, then Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. But he was indeed raised. He said, and if Christ wasn't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark. It's all lost. It's over. He said, if all you get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few years, he goes, you're kind of a sorry lot. He said, but the truth is that Christ has been raised up. The first in a long legacy of those who are, who are going to leave the cemeteries. And again, I want to go back and say this adventurous life, as Paul speaks about in Romans 8, he says this adventurous life starts right now. You don't have to wait and say, well, someday I'm going to die and then life will get better. Maybe life can get better right now. How? Again, I want to suggest something that you might think radical. Joe, I'm really struggling. Okay, get out of yourself. No, I just told you, I'm really struggling right now. I know, get out of yourself and go do something good for somebody else. Focus on how you can improve somebody else's life. Volunteer, give to a charity, help a friend. Because that will also give you a sense of meaning and purpose. When you look at your life that day, at the end of your life, at the end of your life, at the end of the day, and you're saying your prayers, it's like, well, Lord, what did I do today? Well, I helped that person. I, I actually made their life a little bit better. You're going to feel good about it. And one of the reasons why you're going to feel good about it is because, again, your life is going to feel more infused with purpose and meaning. You got to get outside of yourself. Yes, you've got to make sure that you stay fueled in a flame, cheerfully expectant. But you can't quit in the hard times. You've got to pray. You've got to help needy Christians. This is straight out of the gospel. Now, again, if you're struggling, I get it. Where none of us are immune from the struggle. And so you've got to live with grace for yourself as you would for somebody else who is struggling. Be patient with your progress. You've got to have realistic expectations. Maybe it's going to take some time to get back to that place where you're living with that enthusiasm and that excitement. It's out there. And maybe your appetite has been whetted and you can say, yeah, I want to move toward it. Wonderful. But don't be so critical of yourself. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. It's okay. You got to think about the steps that you are taking. You know, it's, it's always better whether you're trying to treat somebody who is really struggling or treat yourself. You've got to listen to that voice that is going to give you enthusiasm. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, support your own life. Support your own lack of enthusiasm with grace. Remember, it's about progress. It's about that movement. And it's difficult to move to achieve anything when you're living in isolation. At some point, you might need that sense, that guidance, somebody to help you get that spark back. 
There's nothing wrong with that. There is everything right about reaching out and saying, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Now, again, I'm talking about just that feeling of lack of enthusiasm. For sure, if you feel like you've slipped a little bit deeper, deeper, and there just is not a sense of, I don't know how to go on, that might mean depression. And for sure, at that point, that's when you want to reach out for support, maybe professional support. But I want to leave you with this thought. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling like your life is overwhelming and you just can't do it on your own, maybe you're right. But what God says is, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, if God pays such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you take pride in you, do his best for you, relax. Don't be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. Don't make a fuss over these things. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, and you will find that enthusiasm again. I will meet you back on the road Until then, always forward.